getting that just right temperature or getting an energy efficient appliance. It's not only about making smart changes today. It's about creating brighter tomorrows with simple steps to save energy. Plus, you'll help protect the environment for years to come. A better world for you, your family, and your community. Get started with rebates and discover what energy efficient choices can help you power what's next at AlliantEnergy.com/rebates. Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or girl. Not anymore. The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children, changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies. Joe Biden and his left-wing allies pushed boys to take estrogen to appear more feminine. They pushed girls to take testosterone so they grow facial hair. Biden and progressive leaders promote puberty blockers to keep kids from developing to normal men and women. These drugs can leave you sterile, infertile, impotent. Joe Biden and the new left even promote surgery on teens and young adults, removing breasts and genitals. They want boys in our daughters' bathrooms and sports teams. And now, the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal. You are listening to the Huddle Up Podcast with Mile High Huddles, Chad Jensen, and Zach Kelberman. Freeman is back there, blocked by Leary, caught for the touchdown! A two-yard laser, Fumangali, from the University of Wisconsin. Third and goal of the one, Lindsey is in, Janovich the fullback, Janovich, hit, nice big hit there by Kendrick, he continues to dig, he's not, they call a touchdown! They call a touchdown on a one-yard jump inside. Trying to set up the screen to his tight end, Noah Fenn. He's got some room to run. He cuts it back at the 10. Fenn takes it in. Touchdown, Denver. The first NFL touchdown for the rookie tight end out of Iowa. Ends on court. Touchdown, Cortland Sutton. His fifth career touchdown, but his first here in Denver. And now, here are Broncos Country's football priests to help you exercise the demons of another doomed season. I am exercising the demons. We'll let the stream breathe, as you guys know, just for a second. Let's make sure it's nice and stable for your podcast enjoyment. Welcome in, everybody. It is the Huddle Up Podcast. Presented, as always, by Mile High Huddle, powered by Overtime Media. I'm your host, Chad Jensen, and with me, as always, my partner in crime. You know him, you love him. He is Zach Kelberman. Zach, it is our favorite podcast of the week. It is the Mile High Mailbag. We're going to get to the great questions of our listeners here in just a few minutes, but I wanted to get your take on the latest with Kareem Jackson, who I, we don't necessarily need to read the quote. I can if if we need to, if we want to. But he let slip. Not so much uh, let slip. He revealed on a in a conversation on, uh, I think it was Sandy Clough and Orlando Franklin's radio show on 104.3 The Fan, that John Elway and Vic Fangio checked with him to get his opinion on A.J. Bouye before that, dra- that uh, trade was made a few months ago, a couple months ago now. I mean, executed in March, but you get my point. Which is interesting that you have the coaches in the front office checking with personnel on a potential trade move. 
Well, they play together. They were teammates in Houston, and I guess, you know, it's a good... It'd be like the Broncos and Elway going to Fangio to get Prince of Mucamara's evaluation. It's just familiarity breeds a, a more accurate opinion of a player's talent or lack thereof, ability, fit in the system. So I like the fact the Broncos aren't consolidating their analysis to their own decision makers. They're looking out of house, out of office, I should say, and going with former teammates, going to some players and getting that perspective. It's different... Uh, constructing a team from a front office from that perch. But when you're on the same level as players on the field, when you when you go down to a human level with these guys, it can add a whole new complexion to a potential move. So I like where the Broncos went with that. I like how they're thinking. You want to bring in Boye, let's go talk to his former teammate. Would he be a good fit? As much intelligence as you can gather on a player before drafting him, signing him, acquiring him via trade, the more the better. In fact, here's what Jackson said, quote, and again, this was on 104.3 The Fan, quote, man, I was very excited. Actually, they asked me about Bouye uh, previous to making that move, and I was kind of waiting to see what was going to happen with it or whatever. Once they made the move, I was very excited because I know what he is capable of. And in another quote, close quote, by the way, in another quote, he talked about how A.J. Bouye is, you know, just a really – he can do anything you need to from a corner perspective. Quote, he can do it all. He can play off coverage. He can play press coverage. He can go follow if he needs to, which I don't think he will have to with us getting Bryce Callahan back healthy, close quote. So just kind of an interesting little nugget that adds some context to the Bouye trade. I mean, it also goes back a little bit farther than that to Vic Fangio coveting Bouye uh, as a free agent when he was D.C. of the, the defense coordinator of the Chicago Bears. What was that, Zach? 2017 when he signed with Jacksonville? He almost signed with the Bears. So this has been a long time coming for Fangio. That's true. That's a good point. Yeah, he's been wanting to get his hands on Boye, and he's been wanting to get him in his system. And as we saw last year, I think – for the most part, cornerback take a step forward in the system. We know linebackers do, we know safeties do, but it seems like his his system is very friendly to cornerbacks as well. So I'm happy he finally got his hands on Boye, and hopefully he can revert him back to that Pro Bowl, all-pro level that he was not too long ago. All right, guys. We're going to get to your questions here in just a minute because it is the Mile High Mailbag. Zach and I are your football priests, and each and every week we are here to offer you the absolution and the answers to your burning Broncos questions. First though, just a couple of quick matters of business. Make sure you're following the show on Twitter at huddle up pod. It is simply the best way to keep your finger on the pulse of what's happening with this show in real time. Excuse me. And while you're at it, make sure you follow the main account at mile high huddle to stay plugged into all things Broncos, breaking news and analysis as it is happening. So take care of that business. This is the overtime podcast network. Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or girl. Not anymore. The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children, changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies. Joe Biden and his left-wing allies pushed boys to take estrogen to appear more feminine. They pushed girls to take testosterone so they grow facial hair. Biden and progressive leaders promote puberty blockers to keep kids from developing to normal men and women. These drugs can leave you sterile, infertile, impotent. Joe Biden and the new left even promote surgery on teens and young adults, removing breasts and genitals. They want boys in our daughters' bathrooms and sports teams. And now, the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. 
Paid for by America First Legal. Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or girl. Not anymore. The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children, changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies. Joe Biden and his left-wing allies pushed boys to take estrogen to appear more feminine. They pushed girls to take testosterone so they grow facial hair. Biden and progressive leaders promote puberty blockers to keep kids from developing to normal men and women. These drugs can leave you sterile, infertile, impotent. Joe Biden and the new left even promote surgery on teens and young adults, removing breasts and genitals. They want boys in our daughters' bathrooms and sports teams. And now, the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal. All right, Zach, we've got a few uh, <clears throat> questions stacking up. Sorry, I got a frog in my throat. But first, let's say th- uh, hello to those who've been hanging out in the room. Sterling, Buona Beast, Supreme, Robert, what's going on? Noble Young, Freddie. Freddie jumping in with a quick super. Appreciate oh, nice. that. Freddie. Thank you, Freddie. That means a lot, my friend. Uh, Michael, what's going on? Appreciate you, my friend. Um, oh, Freddie's question. He says, how about trading back into the first round and taking Mims? An interesting question, which piggybacks somewhat, Zach, off of something that Cliss, Mike Cliss purportedly said today. Now, this is Thursday. I did not hear this myself. I was tagged uh, by a, a uh, on Twitter by a fellow by the name of Sarah Chang. And he said this to me, Zach, quote, hey, Chad, just heard that Cliss uh, said Denver possibly could trade down to 21, trade back to 21 and get Denzel Mims, then trade back up to 29 for A.J. Terrell, the corner from Clemson, and then get a tackle in the second round, pick 46. Thoughts? Would you be good with this? So I'm going to combine that here with what Freddie's asking us, your thoughts on Mims in the first round. Obviously, it's dependent on what they do with the 15th pick. They would not have to go wide receiver at that pick. If It would depend to me, Chad. I would prefer a, a, a wide receiver at 15, but if they go offensive line, then I would be okay with trading back up in the first round for a player like Mims. I don't want a cornerback, though, in either round. I think that position, I might be in the minority with that. I think that position can wait till the second or third round. The first couple picks, no matter where they make them, Chad, in the first round, they come back in the first round. It has to be addressing two wide receiver, offensive line. So it's not my first inclination to take Mims or trade back up for him. I'd rather take a blue chip stud like Ruggs, Judy, uh, CD Lamb at 15, and then work my way back. But if you trade back into the second round, trade up in the second round, I'm more okay with that in Mims' value than trading back up in the first round. I mean, if the Broncos did miss out on the big three early on, in fact, let me get this off the screen real quick. It's distracting me. If the Broncos did miss out on the big three in the first round, I mean, that next kind of crop of wideouts honestly comes down to Mims, comes down to Jefferson, maybe throw in Rager, maybe throw in Chenault. But Jefferson probably would emerge for me as the, well, I don't know. It'd be a, it'd be a tough one between him and Mims as the next best option. But I don't hate the idea of taking Mims. It would just have to be in the right place. Uh, Brian brings up something that a little piece of news that broke right as we were about to go live here tonight. He says, it looks like Bill O'Brien got the short end of the stick again, giving up a second round pick for a shell of his former self in Brandon Cooks. 
The uh, they got only a second and a fourth, and David Johnson's ten point two million dollars salary for DeAndre Hopkins. So anyway, they were they're uh, thinking they were basically trying to replace Hopkins with Cooks, giving up a second round pick for the process uh, for the privilege. Zach, your thoughts? I, they essentially traded DeAndre Hopkins for Brandon Cooks. That's a huge, huge downgrade for my for my money and for what they're they're taking on in salary. I, Bill O'Brien is by far the NFL's worst general manager. There, he's never met a trade he's turned down, Chad, and he's making worse moves for his organization. This was a playoff team, a perennial playoff team, and he's slowly just undoing brick by brick by brick and consolidating all this power. At the same time, I don't like Detroit. I don't like what they're doing with the Texans. I feel bad for Deshaun Watson, ultimately. He's losing everyone around him, and his new supporting cast is a giant downgrade. Bill O'Brien, he's just a fool, I believe. Yep, he is definitely not helping his reputation as a personnel guy that has an inkling of what he's doing. I mean, it's almost like, I don't know how you would uh, rationalize it, but Hopkins replacing him with Cooks. I mean, once you made that trade to get get rid of Hopkins, I can understand why you might think you can get a little something something out of Cooks. But the value of that trade is just it's skiwampus. And if you are uh, Deshaun Watson right now, you're going, "What in the <laughs> Sam Hill is going on? My weapons are getting uh, topsy turvy here." You're saying trade me for a seventh round pick, Bill O'Brien. Let's grab Deshaun right, Watson. Let's grab. <laughs> Let's grab Mark here. He says, would you trade back to 25 for LaVisca Chenault and a second and fourth round pick? So if trading back, if you swap spots with 25, I'm not even sure who's at 25 now, but to take LaVisca Chenault and grab a second and a fourth round pick for your troubles, I don't like Chenault that early. I mean, right. I wouldn't be opposed to trading back and getting that kind of loot for the for the trade, but LaVisca Chenault for me is a really talented, really intriguing wide receiver, but taking him in the first round is playing with fire just because he's such an injury risk. I mean, you know, you listen to someone like Eric Trickle, who's done his due diligence, talk to people in the scouting community, trying to get the the 411 on Chenault's, you know, health situation. He doesn't think there's anything really concerning there long term from what he's heard. But for me, that's all fine and dandy. Just considering how prolific his injury uh, report is over the years at CU, Zach, the earliest I would even consider Chanel is in the second round. And even then, I might wait and just see, you know, hey, if he's there in the third, we'll take a flyer. If not, we're just going to go ahead and let this dude pass us on by. Yeah, you might be agreeing with me here, Chad. I wouldn't touch Chenault. It might be unpopular. I'm not touching him until the third round. He just, he's not that explosive playmaker the Broncos need. He's more Cortland Sutton than Tyreek Hill, in my opinion. Great contested catch wide receiver. Great, you know, he has some great ability to his game, but his injury concerns scare me. His injury history scares me. It gives me pause. I would not take him in the first round. I would not even take him in the second round. There's too many good receivers in this draft class. If this was a less gluttonous draft class, then sure, he could be a second-round prospect. But for my money, for what he brings to the table and what he his red flags are, his medicals say to me, I don't want the Broncos investing that much for Drew Locke into a guy who's parentally injured. It's just bad business. Got to grab this super from Bronx legend who uh, the stream passed by his, his super chat card. So I can't show it on the screen, but Bronx, we really do appreciate that. My friend, yes, he said a little top, a uh, little off topic here, but I just received the new draft hat for this year, which I like. How do you guys feel about them? I mean, it's okay. Isn't it black? If I'm not mistaken, I think you, I think I saw you uh, on Twitter with that. I got tagged in that Bronx legend 
And uh, I mean, it's okay. I don't, I don't know if you've had a chance yet, Zach, to see that hat, but it's, it's all right. I'll see if I can find a picture of it. I never like the the draft hats. I, I've never been that that big of a fan of them. They're just another add-on, another way for the NFL to make money and capitalize on the draft. I prefer just the standard Broncos hat. Just I'm a very minimalist kind of person. I'm a traditionalist at heart. So I like the Broncos logo. I like their Broncos hats. I like the Broncos gear and also our Huddle Up Pod gear as well. I'm a little partial to that. There we go. There we go. See, we're professionals on this podcast. We know how to, to ease it in, work it in. I'll show you guys real quick in case you haven't seen this draft hat far be it for me to uh, do the heavy lifting for the Broncos and selling their merch but I think it's appropriate to show you guys what Bronx legend is talking about here there's the hat as you can see there so Broncos country on the side and stitching you got the logo on the front kind of like a almost like a neon sign look you know the wire lighting of a neon sign anyway kind of cool other than that my friend no no major evaluation on that let me make sure i didn't miss anybody else that it skipped by all right so appreciate you again bronx legend that means a lot to us and freddie jump back in with another super thanks my friend that means a lot you know it does and he says this if the top three wide receivers are gone at 15 we could trade back into the first and get mims plus a second and with Extra draft picks move up in the second, get Chenault, then draft a bunch of OTs and corners, three amigos plus fan. So, yeah, I mean, there's a lot of different scenarios that it, that could unfold. The whole thing with Mims, the whole thing with Chenault is they're attractive in their own right for this team. They can fit in different ways for this team. But, Zach, the, it has to be in the right place in the draft. The value has to be right. I'm not sure. I mean, Mims I could probably live with as a late first-round pick if you yeah. traded back. Not Chenault, though. I don't understand the the affinity with trading back, though, in these mock draft scenarios, Chad. The Broncos have too many picks as it is. Do you want even more for them to not make? you want even more for them to take flyers on? They're going to use the picks they have, 10 already, which is enough to trade up. I would not look for the Broncos to trade back unless a worst-case scenario happens where they don't have anyone on the board that they've wanted and they're just trying to get a value pick in the later round. So I would not at all look for the Broncos to trade down this draft at any round. I look for the Broncos to trade up. Jay Stylos jumps in on YouTube saying, I heard Vic Fangio is interested in Patrick Queen, the LSU linebacker. Should we trade back to get him? He's one of those players, Zach, that uh, for me, I really like him. It just comes down to priorities in the draft. Do you feel like taking a linebacker in the first round, which is probably what you'd have to do, maybe early second in, in terms of Patrick Queen, is the right value. Now, if we go back to the topic of yesterday's show, Mike Kliss kind of hinting at the Broncos, you know, making their pick at 15 and then using some of their third round capital. They have three thirds this year to trade back up in between pick 46 and pick 15 to take another guy. If that were the case and you grab Patrick Queen early in the second round, I could be behind that. I'm not sure about the viability of giving up a couple of thirds or whatever the, the, you know, the the ask would be to get McQueen at that point. But I do like him. He would be that athletic compliment to to uh, Alexander Johnson, really help you go in sideline to sideline, but also covering tight ends. 
I'm all over Patrick Queen, Chad, in the second round. I just do not think he drops that far. I, I'm very wavy on taking a linebacker in the first round, unless the Broncos trade back into the late 20s. And even then, I, I would prefer Kenneth Murray over Patrick Queen. That's just my subjective opinion. I do not want an inside linebacker at 15. I don't want a defensive lineman at 15. I don't want a cornerback or safety. I don't really want a defender at 15 or in the first round, unless it's a worst-case scenario where all the offensive linemen and all the wide receivers, the top ones, are off the board already. Second round, sure. I'm all for Patrick Queen. I'm all for Kenneth Murray in the second if they're there. First round, though, has to be offense. This is the Overtime Podcast Network. Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or girl. Not anymore. The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children, changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies. Joe Biden and his left-wing allies pushed boys to take estrogen to appear more feminine. They pushed girls to take testosterone so they grow facial hair. Biden and progressive leaders promote puberty blockers to keep kids from developing to normal men and women. These drugs can leave you sterile, infertile, impotent. Joe Biden and the new left even promote surgery on teens and young adults, removing breasts and genitals. They want boys in our daughters' bathrooms and sports teams. And now, the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Terry Randall jumps in up in Canada, <clears throat> proving, as always, that Broncos country is not a geographic location. It is a state of being. $5 super. Thank you, Thank Terry. You, Terry. You know, we love you, bro. He says, suppose Vaughn and Chubb combine for 30-plus sacks this season. Can we get to 55 as a team? Hashtag football priest. Hashtag state of being. You know, if they get to 30, then, yeah, all bets are off on hitting that number. But, you know, that's a that's a big – that's a – mountain to right. overcome and in, in terms of hitting a number. But Zach, the one thing I'll say is, you know, all bets are off. We'll see because Vic Fangio, everywhere he goes, it kind of takes a little time for him to get everybody up to speed and everyone to get comfortable with his, uh, his system. And also for him to acquire the right personnel in the right places to really make his system thrive. But once they do, once he gets all those pieces in place and everyone's acclimated to the scheme, Zach, his scheme, you can go back into Chicago, you can go back to the 49ers and beyond. At a certain point, it goes from zero to 60 really, really fast. And you're like, whoa, where did this defense come from? It's just in the case of the Broncos, he started out with some really, I think, arguably the most talented defense he ever started out with on day one. But there were still a lot of pieces in place that he needed to add, not all of which yet can be accounted for. And it takes time to yeah. for these players to acclimate to the scheme. 
Yeah, I'm a little tentative to put a number on the combined sacks for Vaughn and Chubb. If they can get into the double digits both, if they can get to 25 total, I mean, you're going to have sacks come from different players this year with the different pieces the Broncos have with another year in Fangio's system. Gerald Casey's going to get some sacks. Draymond Jones can get some sacks. Even Bryce Callahan blitzing from the slots and to get some sacks. They're going to be more aggressive this year, and the defense will play out of the gates better because it's a full year in the system already. It's continuity. So if Chubb can be back to a double-digit guy, Vaughn Miller can return to being Vaughn. Miller, this defense will take off because they're going to have help chat for once from different areas. Up front, up front push, a secondary push, and the whole defense collectively will benefit. Listening in Panama, in Central America, I don't know how to pronounce your name, yet. Anyway, never miss a pod. Thanks for all That's you awesome. do. That's that really is cool. awesome, my friend. That Thank is you. awesome. Hashtag state of being. Jack Evans, what realistic draft pick would you guys want the Broncos to take the most? Any round or any position. We spend a lot of time, Zach, talking about the first round and pick 15 and maneuvering in the first and all that. So I'm going to I'm gonna go with a different pick, and I'm going to say a realistic pick that I would like to see the Broncos make is Logan Wilson in the third round, the linebacker mm. from Wyoming. And oddly enough, that was a pick made by uh, the MMQB. They recently, I think it was today, released a five-round mock, and they had the Broncos taking Logan Wilson in the third round. That's a realistic – I don't know if it's necessarily the one I want the Broncos to make the most, but that's one realistic fit that I'd like to see. Perfect player, round, value, altogether. That's a great uh, pick right there, Chad. Realistically, everyone knows how I feel about the first round. I want a wide receiver. I would take any of the big three. I would take Tristan Wirfs. I would take any of the – Andrew Thomas, any of the big offensive tackles. In the second round, though, a realistic pick for me to kind of piggyback off what you were saying, Cesar Ruiz. I think at the second round pick, if he can last that long at that value, it's like a Dalton Reisner all over again. You're getting an instant day one starter, solidifying your offensive line and the protection for Locke, and getting a guy at, in the second round who's a first-round caliber talent. So you have yours, I have mine. I think that's not a pipe dream. We're not being implausible. Both those picks can happen. If they do, I think the Broncos would target their roster building the correct way. Mark jumps in with a $2 super. Appreciate you, my friend. He says, would you trade back to 25 for Chenault and two third rounders? I would trade back to 25 for two third rounders potentially. But again, guys, I don't like Chenault at 25. And listen, I know that he is a higher profile prospect than maybe most because of how many Broncos fans are also CU Buffs fans. But I just don't personally like that value, Zach, at 25. Maybe at 46. Maybe. Maybe. But not 25. That would be 46 for me would be the the minimum I, I would take, uh, Chenault. I, I'm just not an overly big fan of his game. I think he gets more love because he's a local product, Chad, but he's not overly spectacular, at least compared to the other receivers in this draft class. They move down to the 20s. I'm taking Cushenberry. I'm, I'm looking perhaps at an inside linebacker, looking at maybe an offensive tackle. Maybe Becton fell that far. I am not taking Chenault in the first round. I'm not taking him in the second round. I'm not touching him till the third if he lasts that far, which he probably won't. Brian says, I hope the Broncos get an inside linebacker in the draft and get rid of Todd Davis. Another example that Todd Davis, I think kind of underappreciated by a large, I'm not going to say a majority of Broncos fans, but a large swath of Broncos fans. You might get your wish, Brian. You might get your wish. Only time will tell, my friend. Uh, Edward jumps in, one of our super chat superstars from Mount Rushmore with a dollar uh, super chat. Appreciate you, Edward. You know, we really appreciate that, my friend. Um, James, we, I see your question. We kind of already addressed the Texans making the 
Cook's uh, trade. Let's see here. We grabbed that one. Bear with me one second. Getting guys. questions about Vaughn being traded. This is still a thing in 2020, Chad. I, this has been going on for like three years now. The Broncos are not trading Vaughn Miller. He's going to bounce back this season with a true Vaughn effort. He's not being traded. So I don't know I why. I agree. That's not going to happen. That's not going to happen. Duke Rose jumps in. $10 super. Appreciate Thank you. Duke. That's awesome. Good to see you. He says, is there an argument to where Ruggs and Judy might be better than Lamb? I like Lamb being a big 12 guy, but he wasn't going against any good defenses in the Big 12 compared to Ruggs and Judy valid. in the SEC. And that's a valid, fair point, Zach. But for me, it's – I mean, there's definitely an argument to be made there, Duke, to answer your question. But I still – I have – Lamb is my personal favorite of the Big 3. I just – I mean, I don't know. There's something about him I think would really – compliment Cortland Sutton and maybe he doesn't have any we know he doesn't have the same straight line explosive speed as a Henry Ruggs but what he can do as an athlete and that body control and just how smooth he is I mean he's no slouch himself in the open field but there is an argument to be made about level of competition big 12 compared to the SEC yeah Duke that's a really good point you brought up I, I will say about Judy I think he's the more advanced prospect I said this on yesterday's pod he's the more advanced prospect I think he has a higher floor initially but players like Ruggs players like CeeDee Lamb to me they have the higher ceiling so it's it's risk versus reward if the Broncos want a guy who's going to come in right away knows a little more advanced route running like Judy he'd be the guy but if they want explosive ability and just unlimited upside to me that's Ruggs or Lamb that's the difference Larry jumps in and says, what draft day trade would make you guys say whiskey, tango, foxtrot, WTF in a good or a bad way? Um, hmm, that is a good question. I would say if the Broncos traded up into the top five mm -hmm. for anybody other than Isaiah Simmons, Jeffrey Okuda, Yep. Here's one. If they traded up and took Chase Young in the top five, I would say Whiskey Tango Foxtrot. Only there would be no acronym. <laughs> it would be me shouting the real words uh, from the rooftops. To me, there's so many I can think of. If this assuming this means trading in the draft, not trading a player. If the Broncos trade Philip Lindsay, which is a question we got, Chad, I'm, I'm like I said, I am not washing my hands for a month. I'd be totally done. I'd be totally checked out. Uh, if they trade back for Chenault, I would hate that. If they trade back for a linebacker or defensive lineman, I would hate that. If they move up to the top five, even as good as Simmons is, it's still giving up so much capital, Chad, that you don't really, you can't blow for a non-essential player. He'd be great in the system, but they need a center. They needed a wide receiver. So if they move up to that far, I would hate that. They move back for a player like Chenault or a player like Patrick Queen, I would hate that. There's a lot of different scenarios that I would not like the Broncos do. I prefer them either trade up a few spots for a guy like Ruggs or stay put and let the board fall to them and take the best that's available. And for what it's worth, I'm not making any kind of a statement on Chase Young as a prospect. I mean, there's a fair argument to be made that he's the best defensive player in this, in this class. It's just that who's going to sit? Vaughn or Chubb, right. like, what are you going to do there? So anyway, that's not going to happen. So we'll see how it shakes out. Don jumps in, $5 super. Thank Appreciate you, Don. you, Don. Thank you very much, my friend. He says, what's up, bros? If the big three receivers and the top O-linemen are gone by 15, I think we should trade back, get some more picks, and pick up Justin Jefferson. I wouldn't be opposed to that one bit. And Justin Jefferson, I mean, what did he have last year at LSU playing with – um Joe Burrow, I think something like 1,800 yards, double-digit touchdowns. I mean, he and Cortland Sutton could make a lot of hay. 
Yeah, I would not hate the move at all. I prefer to see what's on the board of 15. But in this scenario, if all the linemen are gone, the big three wide receivers are gone, they want to move back into the late first round. I'm not taking Justin Jefferson, Chad, before pick 23 or so. They want to move back to the 25s. Yeah, take a receiver. I'd like Jefferson a lot more than the players I mentioned, like an inside linebacker or defensive lineman in that spot. DeWalter jumping in. And somewhere there's a poor reporter reporting that Bill O'Brien is having the time <laughs> of his life. Too yeah, soon. Uh, maybe it is too soon. Mr. James jumping in from across the pond. He says, uh, I saw a CBS mock that had the Broncos trade up to 11, passing on all of the big three receivers to take Georgia's Andrew Thomas, the offensive tackle. Ruggs went with the next pick. I genuinely oh. got so annoyed at the draft. Made me mad. Yeah, I, I can tell you there are a lot of people at Mile High Huddle that would share that sentiment if that were to shake out in real life. But, Zach, I don't think it will. I'm not saying Andrew Thomas couldn't end up being the pick at 15, but trading up to get him is not going to happen. Right. Exactly. They can take him at 15. I'd be fine with that. But the only player they move up for a few spots, Chad, would be a wide receiver. It would be for Henry Ruggs, who there's so much smoke leading to that fire. It's not a smoke screen. It's not a guessing game. It's not a ploy. They love Henry Ruggs. And if they would move up, wouldn't be for a tackle. It'd be for Ruggs. I, I don't see Thomas in that scenario in the least. Let's grab EA Shalom on YouTube. He says, would Elway take a center in the second? He doesn't seem to have a high value on them, considering that he let Connor McGovern and Pat or uh, Matt Paradis walk over the last two years. Yeah, I mean, John Elway still has not paid a center. I mean, unless you consider an RFA tender of like $2.5 million for Matt Paradis a couple of years ago paying a center. The value issue, you know, I don't know how the Broncos look at it. However, it's the one big glaring hole on the offensive line. So taking a, a center in the second, Zach, I think that's something that would very much be on the table if Cushenberry, uh, Ruiz, maybe Hennessy right. are there at 46. It seems like the Broncos love developing centers into really above-average solid players, and they just don't want to pay the guy. They don't want to invest in that position. But now they're kind of forced to. They have a young franchise quarterback, and they realize with the signing of Glasgow, with the you know with the way they're leading the pre-draft interviews they've been linked to, they have to protect their investment at quarterback. They have to protect the guy under center. Second round, absolutely to me, it's my preference, Chad. It has to be a center if it's not the first round. They gotta. They don't have a starting one right now. Patrick Morris to me is not a starting center good developmental guy to have good backup prospect for Mike Munchak to get his hands on not the guy I want as the quarterback of my O-line give me Cushenberry give me Ruiz and go to war this is the overtime podcast network not long ago everyone knew that you're either born a boy or girl not anymore the Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children changing their names clothes identities and bodies Joe Biden and his left-wing allies pushed boys to take estrogen to appear more feminine. They pushed girls to take testosterone so they grow facial hair. Biden and progressive leaders promote puberty blockers to keep kids from developing to normal men and women. These drugs can leave you sterile, infertile, impotent. Joe Biden and the new left even promote surgery on teens and young adults, removing breasts and genitals. They want boys in our daughters' bathrooms and sports teams. And now, the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. 
Paid for by America First Legal. Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or girl. Not anymore. The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children, changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies. Joe Biden and his left-wing allies pushed boys to take estrogen to appear more feminine. They pushed girls to take testosterone so they grow facial hair. Biden and progressive leaders promote puberty blockers to keep kids from developing to normal men and women. These drugs can leave you sterile, infertile, impotent. Joe Biden and the new left even promote surgery on teens and young adults, removing breasts and genitals. They want boys in our daughters' bathrooms and sports teams. And now, the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal. Freddie jumping in with a $10 super once again. Appreciate you, Freddie. He says with the first two picks, take the two best wide receivers, and then you'll have the three amigos. And for those who don't know what he's talking about, I'm I'm dating myself a little bit. Most hardcore Broncos fans who've been around for a while know exactly who the three amigos were from the late 80s. I was going to say early 90s. I'm not sure if they played together in, into the early eh, 1991. But we're talking about Mark Jackson, Vance Johnson, I almost said Vance Joseph, and Ricky Natil. So you would have a new, you know, potentially three amigos and Cortland Sutton and maybe a Henry Ruggs and maybe a Denzel Mims, you know, just a spitball, which would be pretty dang cool, Zach. It'd be cool, but not very practical. The, the Broncos have plenty of other weapons. They invested a first-round pick in Noah Fant. They gave Melvin Gordon a fat contract. They have Philip Lindsay. They still have two great possession backups, Chad, and Tim Patrick and Deshaun Hamilton. They wouldn't have to dip both feet in the pool for wide receivers. One can suffice. And if that one is Henry Ruggs, it's good enough for me. Brian, jumping in with the $5 super. Appreciate you, Brian. Thank you, Brian. Reminding everybody with his obligatory, just remember you heard it here first, rugs equals a bust. You guys know that. All three of the top receivers won't be good at the pro level, highly unlikely. Yeah, maybe not all three, you know? I mean, when's the last time the first three receivers taken in a in a class, each and every one turned out to be massive hits? I don't have the numbers in front of me, but there's a good bet at least one of those guys are, are probably going to end up being some – caliber of a bust but i really don't think rugs is that we'll we'll just have to differ on that brian you know we love you but i i think rugs is the real deal i would wager a bet that rugs won't bust to the next level and brian if you want to get in on, in on that i'd be more than happy to lay that down I, I just i have full confidence he's not john ross he's not this bust wide receiver prospect he's going to have a very very fulfilling career i just hope it's with denver Glenn on Facebook says, Happy Easter to the football priests and all of Broncos country. It's Good Friday morning here in Melbourne, Australia. Oh, that's cool. The more I think about how we are situated in the world at the moment, I truly think we should use next year's futures to tool up and get Drew Locke uh, locked and loaded. College football will be uh, crippled. College football will be crippled players won't develop as they cannot play or train. Oh, I see with what's going on. What do you guys think? Um, I don't think that's anything to worry about at this stage. Personally, Glenn, I don't want to derail this conversation uh, by talking about the situation that will go unnamed as it relates to this particular podcast. But I think by the time we get to the fall, Zach, a lot of these concerns are going to be ironed out. And worst case scenario is some of the, you know, as far as football might be delayed a little bit, but I still think the seasons are going to take place. 
I have so much to say about this topic. I don't want to get us flagged at all. I'm not going to mention it by name, Chad, but I just, it's April 9th right now. That's in September. That's in August. We have a lot of time left to go until then. And I have full confidence we're going to have a full college football season, a full NFL season. And I don't think that issue, which is a valid hypothetical to bring up, that it, it could lead to a domino effect going forward. I don't think we're going to have to worry about that. So the Broncos can't operate in that mindset. They have to assume right now, like Adele is, this season will go on. Chris jumping in up in Canada, $5 donation. Appreciate that, Chris. You, and Chris. by the way, it's good. to I now know who you are on Twitter, so we'll be tagging you after this podcast. He says, any thoughts on the talk that Elway is looking to add an extra pick between our 15th and 46th? So, Chris, I don't know. I'm sure you were on yesterday's pod. We talked quite a bit about it yesterday. But um, it's just one of those situations where when it's Chris saying it, the number one guy – who, you know, in terms of breaking the most news straight out of Dove Valley, you know, you have to take it with more than a grain of salt. Does that mean that it's going to happen? No, it could simply be Elway trying to send up smoke signals, trying to obfuscate his intentions in the first and second round. But I tend to believe, Zach, that there's some veracity to it. When there's smoke, there's fire. When it's coming from a guy like Cliss, there's probably some truth to it. If you're John Elway and you want to maybe just send out lies or smoke signals, you maybe leak that information to someone not named Cliss. And especially this year, the Broncos need a wide receiver and a starting offensive lineman. And this draft class is especially top-heavy with wide receiver and top offensive lineman. It's no coincidence the Broncos ignored those two positions in particular, Chad, in free agency. They tipped their hand as to what they're going to do in the draft. So I'd be all for – I never usually recommend the Broncos blowing picks. I'd be all for acquiring a second first-round pick and double-dipping for Drew Locke. Wide receiver, offensive line, or offensive line and wide receiver. That combination, I'm all for it. But if they move back up to the first round for a defensive lineman, I can't sign off on that, as we know right now. Stu McPeak jumping in from Mount Rushmore, MHH. Appreciate that. Thank you, Stu. $10 super chat. Stu, you know it means the world to us and awesome. how consistent and outgoing and passionate you are. It's, it is phenomenal, man. I know we're not the only ones who appreciate it, too, your contributions to this community. Uh, DeWalter Drills calling me out on the carpet. C.D. Lamb is too much like Cortland Sutton. We need speed and to be able to stretch the field. Lamb is nice. Don't get me wrong. He's going to make a team very happy. He's just not right for us. And, Zach, this is one of those things where uh, it kind of, you know, beauty being in the eye of the beholder, and Dylan kind of echoing him here as well. Um, The thing to keep in mind is this, guys, all right? January of 2020, even early February 2020, nobody was acting like uh, Henry Ruggs is the only option to compliment Cortland Sutton. It wasn't until the combine and all eyes started turning to Ruggs from in terms of his being tied to the Denver Broncos that it kind of grew in terms of urgency. There are more than one way to skin a cat. And what I'm telling you is I'm completely okay and open with anybody taking exception to who would be the best compliment to Cortland Sutton. But in terms of ranking and ordering them, Zach, it all comes down to beauty being in the eye of the beholder. You know, there's no accounting for taste, et cetera. Right. And to each their own, I'm not going to sit and pick bones with you, DeWalter or Dylan on that topic, because you've got, you're your own men. You've got your own eyes. You've got your own analysis and we'll see how it shakes out. 
Yeah, I tend to agree with that. I said it yesterday on yesterday's pod that one person wants Jefferson, another wants Ruggs, another wants Mims, another wants C.D. Lamb. This draft class being so deep, it becomes a matter of opinion. And obviously the Broncos have the final call. Whoever Elway wants and his guys want, they're going to get. But C.D. Lamb, to me, I have to disagree a little bit. He's way more explosive than Cortland Sutton. He's not as explosive as Henry Ruggs or maybe some of the other receivers in this draft class, but he would be an ideal compliment, Chad. Any of the big three. I'd be happy with. I'm not being discriminatory. Any of the big three would be great in this offense and would be exactly what Denver needs for the long term. Yes, Duke. Brandon Perna is a lock for Wednesday night's pod, so stay tuned for that. That's going to be a lot of fun. Here's an interesting question from Kyle. Which would you take, Andrew Thomas and LaVisca Chenault or Jerry Judy and Austin Jackson? Zach, for me, it's the second duo there is what I would prefer. You agree? If so, why? I'm just wary of Chenault's injury history. And even when he's healthy, he's not the most explosive guy in this draft class. Judy, in a level playing field, Judy is the much better wide receiver prospect, and you're still getting a starting caliber offensive tackle behind Bowles and Juwan James. It's a no-brainer. I'm taking Judy and Thomas all day. Amen. Nunzi jumping in from the top rope, $15 super. Appreciate wow. you. Thank you, Robbie. Nunzi, that means a lot to us, buddy. He says, what's up, guys? Thoughts on Ashton Davis for safety depth. Ashton Davis, I just wrote about this today, so it's fresh on my mind. He was one of the picks that was made by the MMQB for the Denver Broncos. In fact, I think he was the first third-round pick for the Denver Broncos in that mock. And I'll be honest with you, even though I think he's, uh, if I'm not mistaken, I think he's Eric Trickle's number five safety in this class, our senior draft analyst at milehighhuddle.com. For me, there are several other safeties I like more than Ashton Davis he wouldn't be bad. He wouldn't, he'd be an upgrade over what the Broncos have right now. But Zach, I'd be more interested if you're going to get beyond the McKinney's and the Delpits in the first and second round consideration, I'd be a lot more focused on a Jeremy chin. I know it's small school and you got to worry about that. Even Kyle Duggar to me from Lenore Ryan would be more exciting than Ashton Davis. And again, Davis would be an upgrade. I don't hate him as a player. He's just not my favorite option at safety. Plus, I don't know where this urgency is coming from, Chad, with the Broncos needing to draft a safety. Yeah, they have to replace Will Parks, but they have Simmons and Kareem Jackson both under contract. So they're good for starters, and you just need depth. They can find that guy in the middle rounds. I'm not touching a safety until probably the third round at minimum. Safety and cornerback in those middle rounds are the time to address them. To answer the question, though, I'd rather go for Chin. I just like his athletic upside and also his pedigree with Steve Atwater. I'm just more inclined to take a gamble on him than someone like Ashton Davis. Kevin G jumps in $5 super appreciate you, you Kevin Kevin he says who do you think the wide receiver sleepers are the ones nobody's talking about maybe we can grab in the later rounds after four protect lock in the uh protect lock first well let's take a look here bear with me one second guys I've already referenced his rankings a couple of times so why don't we just pull up trickles um rankings and big board for 2020 Bear with me one second here. I've got to click on the right year. There we go. And then I'm going to share this screen with you guys so you can see what I'm seeing here. Bear with me, Zach. You'll want to see this too, board and rankings. Eric has this pinned on his Twitter if you guys ever want to go check this out yourselves. But let's look at wide receiver. I think as far as like the top guys – from a sleeper perspective, you could argue maybe Jalen Rager. People are sleeping on him a little bit because his stock has been so down coming out of the 
the combine. I think Donovan Peoples-Jones, the wideout from Michigan, is a could end up being one of the better receivers in this class when it's all said and done. Not getting a lot of you know the same love and attention some of these other guys. You could say the same maybe for T. Higgins. Chase Claypool is probably in Devin DuVarnay, K.J. Hamler. That trio, to me, Zach, maybe throw in Michael Pittman Jr. quite a bit later. But that trio in particular, uh, to me, sticks out as the sleepers in this class. It's such a great class that even these sleepers, Chad, they would be undrafted free agents in another class. But John Hightower, Van Jefferson, and Quez Watkins are three names in the middle rounds I would not mind the Broncos taking a gamble on. They have to double up, and Devin DuVarnay as well. Um, he's another option. It's, there's just so many players for the Broncos to draft this year. It's such a good problem to have for Denver. They need two receivers, ideally, and I would double up in the first round and probably the third or fourth round. The guys I mentioned, Van Jefferson specifically, I can't even talk. He'd be great in the slot, a great understudy for whoever they draft at 15. Mark jumps in again, $10 super. Appreciate you, Mark. Thank, Thank you, Mark. The world to us, my friend. He says, who do we pick if the big three receivers are gone? And so are Jedrick Wills, Tristan Wirfs, and Mackie Becton. All right, so your top three tackles are gone. Top three receivers are gone, Zach. You can't trade back. Who are you taking? Is Andrew Thomas there? Because if he's there, I'm probably Andrew going Thomas out. is there. Yep, I'm probably taking a tackle at that spot. Hmm. See, this is one area that Zach and I differ a little bit in terms of the urgency of the cornerback position. Players like... Jeff Gladney would be on the table for me here. Even C.J. Henderson, who I know is not a trendy selection for the Broncos, the corner from Florida. But Andrew Thomas would definitely be an option at 15. We talked earlier about not it not being realistic to trade up to take Andrew Thomas. But I'd be more inclined to take a guy like Jeff Gladney and then circle back and grab Andrew Thomas's tackle partner, Isaiah Wilson, in the second or third round, maybe the third round if you can get him there. But it's a really interesting question, and uh, Zach, we're only two weeks away from this thing being reality. No more guessing. Thank God. We need, we need this to come now. That we do. Junior jumps in. $2 super. Appreciate that, Thank my you, friend. Junior. That means the world to us. Uh, Buana wants to know, without a workout, do you think Josh Jones could fall significantly? Yes, I really mm-hmm. do, Buana. I mean, he, he's he's got so much athletic upside, but he's still very raw played at relatively, you know, in terms of level of competition at Houston and Conference USA, you know, teams are going to have concerns about that, not being able to scratch and sniff, get up close, these these scouts and coaches with him. I can only imagine it's going to hurt him. I still think he ends up going in, you know, the top, I'll say the top 60, but probably not till round two. I could be wrong, but we'll see how it shakes out. And the Broncos do have interest. They've interviewed him uh, so far, so they're getting well acquainted with all the top tackle prospects in this class. Second-round pick is a little risky. He has high bust factor, in my opinion. But third round, that's a value pick. I would not mind it if they don't address that spot before then. Samuel wants to know on YouTube, if Isaiah Simmons is there at 10, would you trade up for him or Ruggs Mm. if both are available? If all things are being equal, I'm going for Simmons in that case. That's just me. You know, I'm not the, you know, the biggest cheerleader for wide receiver at pick 15. So for me, if I'm within striking distance of either of those two players and I'm weighing it on the scales, I'm going with Simmons and I'm grabbing a wide receiver in the second round. What do you think, Zach? 
I'm definitely picking up the phone or firing up the Zoom conference, however they want to handle it this year in the draft, but I am definitely seeing what it would take to move up to 10. If, if it wouldn't be all the third-round picks, I'm probably moving up for Simmons. You put him in this defense, they're better than Super Bowl 50. They're just on another level, and this receiver class is so deep. You can get, like Chad said, a starting-caliber guy in the second round. After Simmons, this inside linebacker class, after Murray and Queen, kind of falls off, so I'm taking Simmons in that scenario. Jorge jumps in on YouTube. He says, hi, guys, here from Mexico. Hashtag state of being, baby. How would you feel if Denver goes out of the first three rounds with one of the big three wide receivers in the first, Cushionberry or Ruiz in the second, and Patrick, I think you're thinking Chin, right? Not Patrick Chung, who's obviously a safety for the New England Patriots. I'm guessing you mean Chin. And Akeem Davis Gaither in round three. I could be all. I could be okay with that, Zach, that very scenario. I could live with that. To me, uh, Cushionberry in the second round, who's probably a first-round prospect, and a big three receiver at 15, either Ruggs or Lamb or Judy, that's my best-case scenario for Denver. So I am all over that uh, that mock scenario. All right, let's grab Brian here with a $2 super. Thank you, my Thank friend. You, Love watching your show. Great content. Uh, you're going to make us cry over here, Doc. <laughs> Zach, grab this one here from Ginger Ninja 88 while I – the stream passed up some supers. I'm going to go grab them real quick. Ginja Ninja 80. That's a great name. He, uh, they ask Chubb or comeback for comeback player of the year. I, I wouldn't discount it. I see him having another double digit sack season. I just think this is going to be the year of Vaughn's reclamation after last year being a wash and him being injured, putting on weight. Chubb is going to kind of increasingly come back to the player he once was, not having offseason program, not having workouts. His inability to get in the Broncos facility right now to rehab is hurting him. But once training camp rolls around, he shakes off the rust from his inactivity. He'll be back to being the Bradley Chubb that we knew. I just think in a 2020 scenario, Vaughn Miller is going to have the bigger impact. He's going to go back to being Vaughn that we all know and love. I do think it's on the table. I mean, if he can kind of get back to that momentum he had coming out of his phenomenal 12-sack rookie year, all bets are off. He could very well be that caliber of a guy. But you just got to keep in mind, it's going to take some time for Chubb to get acclimated back up to speed. Let's just say get his football legs underneath it. DeWalter Drills jumped in and the stream passed by his card. So you know we love you, bro. He says, Thank you, DeWalter. Appreciate that $5 super. He says, Chenault is a drastic drop in talent from the top three receivers, and it's not even close. People need to watch film on all three of the top receivers, then Chenault. It's not even close. And he's right in terms of refinement. I mean, you could argue that athletically he's as gifted as some of those guys, but from a, a refined, polished, finished product perspective, nowhere close. And to me, I don't care what he can do if he can't stay on the field. It doesn't matter. He can be the fastest guy in the world. He can be eight feet tall with the best hands, but if he's never available, it doesn't matter anyway. So I'm taking more of a sure thing, and I agree with that. The talent gap that goes from Tier 1 to Tier 2 is is pretty massive. That's why I prefer, if I can, to get one of those Tier 1 guys at 15, then work my way back to other needs in the later rounds. Brian jumps back in with a super. Appreciate you, my friend. Super chat, superstar indeed. Thank you, Brian. $5 super, he says... The WTF draft move will come from Bill O'Brien <laughs> from Texas. That could very well end up being true, Zach. Yeah, I can't wait to see his uh, his Zoom virtual experience. Yet. Probably going to trade himself for a bag of footballs or something. <laughs> All right, let me see. I'm not sure if this – actually, I am sure. Hold on one sec. we got to grab Glenn. Let me put him in real quick. One of our Super Chat superstars who the stream jumped – 
Bear with me one sec, Glenn. We're going to grab you right now. Save. Joe, $5 super. Appreciate you, Glenn. Thank you, Glenn. Did you see that Bashad Breland signed for only $4.5 million with KC? That would have been a great value signing. Hashtag Sam Hill, Mount Rushmore, state of being. You are getting up there, Glenn, in terms of the Mount Rushmore. You really are, man. You're so consistent, and you're such a great part of our community, and we appreciate you. Yes. I did not see that. That's news to me. I didn't see that move from uh, Bashad Breland, but that is ridiculous value, Zach. But, you know, is it money worth spending, though? I mean, can you just draft two speedy receivers and then not have to pay that much in total for two guys being on the rookie contracts? And Breland, he's an okay player. He's better in that Kansas City system than he would be anywhere else. I'm taking that $4.5 I am keeping that. I am pocketing that. Bad enough the Broncos wasted 16 on Melvin Gordon. I'm not going out to the open market and spending 4 on a receiver that I can just draft for a fraction of the cost and twice the upside. Andrew jumps in with a $5 super. Appreciate you, Andrew. Thank you, Andrew. And again, guys, when we have to sh- – uh, we can't show your your Twitter card – or I should say your Super Chat card. We hate it, but this is better than nothing. He says, hey, Broncos Priest, what's your plans for the three-day draft? Going live during it, I hope. Rather listen to you guys than ESPN, NFL Network. <laughs> Appreciate that. Hey, that that's awesome, dude. Um, There's going to be something – now, unless I miss something today, Zach, and it's entirely possible because I've kind of been a little bit more unplugged today from the internet than I normally am. However, unless I miss something, we don't yet know for sure how the draft is going to unfold after the first round. I think that's still up in the air unless you've heard any different. No. So that being the case, if it does end up being the way it traditionally is and it goes first round's Thursday night, second round is Friday night, third round is Saturday midday, if that's how it ends up shaking out, I guarantee you'll get a, a live podcast during the first round. You'll get a live podcast Friday night for a majority of that day two. And then Saturday, absolutely. I don't know if we it'll be a live pod throughout, but there will be a live pod that day to at least recap and react to what happens. So, and who knows? We don't quite know for sure yet how the draft is going to unfold from a programming perspective. But as soon as we do get some details on that from the NFL. We'll pass that on to you guys and let you know what we plan on doing. Once the NFL holds that mock draft dry run to work out all the kinks from their from their virtual system, then we should get a definitive uh, outline for what the draft is going to be in terms of minutes, in terms of rounds, how they're going to split it up. It might just be the same as it always is. It's just all virtual. But like Chad said, we're going to be on here as much as we can. We're going to try to talk as much draft as we can, and we'll put pods out for all three days. So. Rod, love rugs, but there's something about lamb that makes me want him more. Your thoughts. Um, You guys know how I feel about this. I don't want to flog a dead horse too much. Lamb's my number one guy. I think he bring he's, I think as a receiver from a complete skill set. Now, raw athleticism, rugs has a couple of check marks on him, but from just being an overall polished impact player out of the gates, I like lamb. But some people like rugs, and that's all good. That's that's my opinion. All subjective, and I'll say it again. It might be just, you know, you guys are tired of hearing it, but I'm okay with any of the big three. They would all seamlessly fit in this offense and would instantly contribute for Drew Locke, which is by far and away the number one goal. Dylan brings up a great point here. Some credit goes to Zach Azani, the wide receivers coach in Denver, for the – lightning quick development of Cortland Sutton. I mean, he was really good as a rookie, stepping in as the number three guy. You had Demarius Thomas still. You had Emmanuel Sanders. He puts up 600-something yards, a handful of touchdowns, 
But that quantum leap in year two, I mean, he deserves all the credit in the world. Don't get me wrong. I'm not trying to take anything from Sutton, but Zach Azani deserves some of that credit as well, which makes me excited no matter which wide receiver they end up with in the first round or the second round or whoever in this class, Zach. I'm confident that that player is going to be in very good hands. Yeah, because Sutton was raw coming out as well. That's why he, he slipped to where he did. And, and the Broncos landed a great wide receivers coach in Azani, so it kind of mitigates the bus factor. If you're worried about Henry Ruggs, there is a higher bus factor on 31 other teams than it would be for the Broncos. I just want to make a correction real quick. Uh, Breland, the cornerback, I was thinking of Brashad Perriman, who went to the Jets, not Brashad Breland, the cornerback. My point still stands, though. I would not have wasted four and a half mil. I can just bring in a guy through the draft. Oh, yeah. So it's the same, same answer, but yeah, I wanted to clarify that real quick. All right. Yeah, that does change the conversation a little bit. Uh, Justin, $20 super. Appreciate you. Thank you, Justin. J-Bone, my friend. He says, great job as always. Thanks as always, guys. Thank you, Justin. Thank you. Can't wait for this draft to see what Elway has up his sleeve. I think he's getting the hang of this drafting thing. Stay safe, guys. Hashtag state of being from Cali. By the way, guys, I mean, this is Elway's 10th draft, right, since he arrived as the top football executive in Denver. And I just published an article at milehighhuddle.com. Go check it out. Taking a look back at Elway's, I would say, nine first-round picks, but he's made eight first-round picks. I did include Derek Wolf in this article and video because he was the first pick for the Broncos, 36 overall, first pick in 2012. But there's enough of a sample size there to really kind of get a bead, Zach, on John Elway's overall competency as a as a draft artist right and i think it he showed some really strong um ability and insight early on and then i think he got a little bit lazy because Peyton manning allows you to be not so much lazy but dropped his guard a little bit made a few not so great picks from you know let's say 2013 through 2016 at the end with paxton lynch but these last two drafts in particular he has shown zach that he's kind of turned the ship around the 2018 class, the 2019 class, if you can stack one more, so you got back-to-back-to-back, to back to back, that could be the finishing touches on this rebuild and turn the ship around. That's well said, Chad. Yeah, in the beginning, Elway was kind of finding his way. He was always that aggressive general manager, but he was banking a lot more on upside and project picks. The Pax and Lynches and Demarcus Walkers of the world, the last two draft classes, he's emphasized team captains, four-year starters, guys with who have legit resumes, legit game tape to put out, the Josie Jewell pick epitomized that a couple years ago, Chad. That's when he decided to shift the paradigm, shift the thinking of what he wants to do. And it's no coincidence he's hit it out of the park. He learned to build from within. That's how you have sustainable success in the NFL, not free agency, not trades. It's through the draft. And he's knocked two grand slams in a row now. I fully agree with you, Chad. One more, the Broncos will be contenders, not just in 2020, for the long term. DH3 jumping in with a $5 super, a super chat superstar. Appreciate you, my friend. Do you guys feel the Henry Ruggs hype is a product of Tyreek Hill's success? Yes, absolutely. Whether the hype is real or not, a big reason why it's being so heavily focused on is absolutely because of Tyreek Hill. In my opinion, I feel NFL teams are trying to replicate Hill. And yes, and DH3, it's not just replicate Hill. I mean, the NFL is a copycat league, and the Kansas City Chiefs, were one boneheaded play away from being in back-to-back Super Bowls. They're world champions as much as it makes us all green in the gills to even mention. (laughs) But nevertheless, the NFL is trying to carbon copy that and then, you know, duplicate, repeat, 
rents. That's what the Broncos are trying to do in their own way with Pat Shermer, with Drew Locke, and the collection of talent they have. I mean, look, you got Travis Kelsey. The Broncos have no offense, first round pick. You've got Cortland Sutton. The Chiefs have, you know, I guess you could say Tyreek Hill but, or Sammy Watkins. I don't know where, where did Watkins go. I'm not even sure. I know he's a free agent, but yes, teams are trying to copy. And Tyreek Hill, big part of that, he's arguably the most, I think you can make an argument. He is the most unstoppable wide receiver in the NFL because of that speed. NFL teams, they can put two and three guys on him, Zach, and sometimes he still sneaks through, gets behind him, touchdown. I'm not going to sit here and deny that Tyreek Hill isn't influencing some of these draft comparisons. Everyone wants the next Tyreek Hill. He's just that good of a player. But let's not act like Henry Ruggs does not have his own laurels to stand on either. When you when 25% of your touches go for touchdowns, when you run the 40 time he ran, when you come from the system he came from, that's all deserving of the hype he's getting. He's not the next Tyreek Hill. He's the next Henry Ruggs. He's his own player, and he would be dynamic and unstoppable, I think, with a quarterback like Drew Locke and playing aside a receiver like Sutton. Ron Dove, a super chat superstar indeed. Thank you, Ron. Jumps in, $5 super. Appreciate you, bro. Who do you think is the extra pick from the blockbuster trade? Queen or – so going back to what we were talking about on yesterday's show, Mike Cliss. The Broncos trading back up and making a selection in between 46 and 15. Who would that pick be? He says Queen or Murray for me. I know Elway will have the final say, but Fangio will be an influence. And Ron, it wouldn't surprise me if it were a linebacker, you know, especially if it ends up being early second, it wouldn't surprise me to see Fangio get his Roquan Smith or to get his Navarro Bowman. To me, the third biggest need on this team is inside linebacker because they really don't have a long-term starter there either. I would love uh, Kenneth Murray in that spot, Chad, but if Cushenberry's on the board, I'd probably think long and hard about taking him before you know risking him to the second round where he might be snatched up. So Cushenberry, offensive line, wide receivers, that's my first preference, but number three right beneath him is inside linebacker, and I'd be happy with Queen or Murray in a potential trade up into the early second round or late first round. All right, guys, we're starting to get low on time, so we're going to rapid-fire through these remaining Supers. We don't want to miss anybody. Brian jumps back in. $2 Super. Appreciate you, Brian. DeWalter, two Suttons. I'll buy that. LOL. I'm not sure what he's saying. I might have missed it. But uh, appreciate that, my friend. And then Dylan, Super Chat Superstar, $2 Super. Appreciate you, you, Dylan. He says, I'm happy with either of the three wide receivers, but prefer – Rugs. And that's totally cool, man, to each their own. And like I said, I'm I'm with you on that. Like if the Broncos did end up, Zach, with any one of those three, you know, you you say thank you and you right. look at what they're going to bring to the offense. Yeah, don't look a gift horse in the mouth. If you can get any of those big three receivers, I mean, that's you got to take them. I'm not, you know, discriminating. All right. Bear with us one second here. I want to make sure nobody gets missed. Freddie again. Appreciate you, Freddie. He says, did we miss out on Hopkins? Could have had him plus a pick for our 15th. Great work, guys. I am new to Super Chat. Didn't mean to double ask the first question. It's all good. Yeah, it's all good, my friend. It's all good. Um, The question, though, did we miss out on Hopkins? You know, it's uh, in those type of situations, not all – not in every case is all 31 other GMs made aware that a guy is even on the block. Sometimes they put it out there and let everyone know, Hey, dude's on the block. First come first serve, make me an offer. Other cases, there are back channels and relationships that get leveraged and worked. 
We don't know exactly how that trade unfolded between Houston and Arizona, but if Elway were at least apprised of that as an opportunity, did we miss out on Hopkins? Could have had him plus a pick for our 15. I don't really see it that way, Zach. I don't think the Broncos would take on his contract. That'd be the big thing when they can, again, draft a guy at a fraction of the cost. DeAndre Hopkins and Cortland Sutton with True Lock as the quarterback is obviously great to think about, but in a practical sense, in a business sense, I don't think the Broncos wanted that much money on the books when they're looking to probably draft a guy at 15 for you know a fourth of the price. Okay, this podcast we're going to be going over just a little bit because we have some superstars we are not going to miss out on tonight. David jumps in, for example, $10 super. Appreciate you, David. If we do get rugs as the wide receiver two, then who would be our wide receiver three? Well, you can't sleep on the possibility, David, of the Broncos doubling up. That's something that uh, I think it was Benjamin Albright said to kind of look for in this class. If it happens that way, we'll see. But let's say it is Ruggs at uh, pick 15. Even if the Broncos don't make another wide receiver selection, Zach, you upgraded that depth chart significantly. You got Sutton and Ruggs as your one and two. You got Deshaun Hamilton, who, even though he doesn't have a really an explosive bone in his body, he's a very competent and savvy route runner, showed a strong connection with Drew Locke late in the season. So, And combine that with Noah Fant, I would like the way that offense would be looking, especially now you got two Pro Bowl running backs right. like – Sky's the limit. Right. I, I do think the, th- the third receiver will come through the draft. I think the Broncos will take two wide receivers, but answering the question without another receiver, a rookie receiver, to me it has to be Tim Patrick. He's the most advanced player among their current receivers. He The Broncos trust him. Drew Locke trusts him. He's a great route runner. And another red zone weapon. You cannot have too many for a quarterback like Drew Locke. And combined with Melvin Gordon, Philip Lindsay, Noah Fan. I mean, it's just a, a surplus of weapons, and it's a good problem to have. TG, speaking of Super Chat superstars <clears throat> from the Mount Rushmore of this podcast in Mile High Huddle, $10 Super. Thank you, Thank TG. You, the only two wideouts worth trading up for, Judy, Jerry Judy, and CeeDee Lamb. Ruggs is round two in my book. That's interesting. I'd be curious to know why you view him as round two caliber prospect, TG. But this is another example, Zach, of beauty being in the eye of the beholder yeah. or you know, football players in the eye of the beholder. I can't remember a draft class, Chad, where it was more opinionated between Broncos fans of who they want. Usually every year we can all agree on one position or one player that we want, but this year there's so many differing opinions and everyone wants a different wide receiver. It'll be interesting to see who the Broncos end up agreeing with and who they actually take on draft day. Andy here says, I asked last night but didn't get any interest, so comparing apples to oranges, haha, I get it. The offense uh, roster of Kansas City versus the roster offense of Denver. Compare them. They're pretty similar. Maybe the quarterback and the fast wideout is what we lack. So I say we go out and do what we need to get the best receiver. I'm thinking fast. Would be rugs, but Lamb is also a true value. Thanks, guys. Love the show. Number one fan in Kansas. Appreciate that, Andy. I don't think quarterback – I mean, Locke still has a lot to prove, but I don't think quarterback is something the Broncos are missing in that equation, but they are missing the speed. If you want to compare them, Kansas City has a better quarterback. Uh, you can say, I don't know about receiving core, maybe for now until the Broncos draft their guy. They have a, a slight edge in receiving core. Broncos have a better ground game. I think the offensive line is a wash, and if the Broncos' O-line plays the potential, it will be better. So they're just a quarterback away, but Locke, you can't expect him to be Mahomes in his first year. Not even, not even him starting yet, but can he be? Can he be in that tier? Absolutely. And if he is... You know, the Broncos have a lot of fun matchups with Kansas City for years to come. I'm just taking a quick look back. I'm seeing 
on the analytics if we indeed did miss something here. Um, on our side of things, my friend, it doesn't show that we missed yet. But, he, I mean, Junior, just a $20 super is That's phenomenal, amazing. man. That means a lot to us. I'm just making sure here. Let me double check. This is actually my triple check here. One second. I feel like yeah, we would have seen that. Yeah. Actually, what it is is uh, uh, it was two dollar super, and you typed one hundred in the in the in the um, um, comment. So, either way, man, if that's what you intended to do, this twenty dollar super, I mean, yes. it's all good, my friend. You're you're supporting the show. We appreciate you, my friend. That means the world to us. Uh, Anthony jumping in, five dollar super. Appreciate you, you, bro. Anthony, by the way, if you're on Twitter, let me know who you are so I can start tagging you after each and every podcast he says uh we had to we had the red zone defense we had two red zone defense last season oh top we had a top red zone defense last season how do you think uh rebrand this year with wolf and harris gone how will our red zone offense do as well so that's a good point the one thing fangio was able to put together really well last year zach is it was one of if not the best red zone defense in the nfl you're losing Wolf, you're losing Harris, but in Wolf's place, you're getting Jarrell Casey, and right. in Harris's place, you know, you're getting AJ Bouye. So this coaching staff inherited Wolf and Harris. They got the players they feel like fit them better, I think, at this stage in terms of Casey and Bouye. So I think there's a good chance, Zach, you're going to see this be a really good red zone defense again in 2020. Offense, we shall see. We there's still so much we don't know yet about how this thing is going to look with Pat Shermer. Both players, Casey and Boye, for my money, are upgrades on Wolf and Harris. So the Broncos' defense, especially when they have Bradley Chubb coming back, they have Bryce Callahan, they have another year in Vic Fangio's system, they can add to the defense in the draft. They are going to be better than they were last year in the red zone and everywhere else on defense. Offense depends on who they draft, but they have enough weapons. Even if they take a speedy guy in, 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 in Henry Ruggs, just having Cortland Sutton, having Noah Fant, having Gordon, having Phillip Lindsay, it's going to be an embarrassment of riches. So the Broncos' red zone raking, I would say somewhere in the top 12. They're going to put way more points up on the board, though. But like Chad said, I want to see the whole offense and roster come together before we can render a determination. Glenn jumping in $5 super super chat superstar appreciate your brother he says what are the odds the Raiders grab Jordan Love before us instead of a wide receiver that would be huge for Denver hashtag screw Oakland LA Oakland Las Vegas <laughs> you know that would be awesome in terms of the board falling more favorably for Denver and pushing wide receivers you know that they might like down and taking a wide receiver threat team off the board I've heard that as well. I've also heard a low key, and this isn't a bold prediction, that there's kind of a grassroots effort from the LA Chargers fans for the Chargers to take Jordan Love. So we'll see. Yeah, I think the Raiders definitely go wide receiver with their top pick. They just need a guy for Derek Carr and in Gruden's offense, they're just they don't have that wide receiver one right now. So it'd be great if Love was the guy. I just don't see it playing out that way. Damien jumps in five dollar super. Appreciate your Thank buddy. You, Damien. I remember the three amigos, and to go one step further, uh, and live next door uh, and lived next door to Rick Upchurch. Oh, that's cool, man! That's awesome. That's very cool. Rick Upchurch was an OG, and uh, I think probably is the first guy to make famous the eighty jersey number. But that's awesome. Mark jumping in. Good to see you, my friend. Two dollars super. What's up? In case you missed it, I'm sure you'll be happy to hear, Mark, that we're having Brandon Perna on the show next week on Wednesday. 
So look forward to that. All right, let's see. Let me make sure I'm not missing anybody. Bear with me one second. Damien again while I search. $15 super. Wow, thanks, Thank Damien. Damien. It's awesome. I agree that the Broncos are in need of an inside linebacker. Who are some sleepers looking for the next Al Wilson? Speaking of Wilsons, Logan Wilson, I think, you know, how do you define a sleeper? Is a sleeper a guy who might have starter talent and ability but is not being viewed in the premium rounds or the first round or whatever? If that's the case, uh, he is one. Wilson up at Wyoming. There are some other options. I mean, we can look at, just so I have the names fresh in front of my face here, I think Akeem Davis Gaither, ADG, is a sleeper. Um, Troy Dye from Oregon, sleeper. Zach Bond, mm, maybe not. Um, a real sleeper, Zach, would probably be Davion Taylor from CU because he's so raw, but I think he's a guy that's going to need a couple of years to marinate. Yeah, ADG is definitely my sleeper pick in the third round or so. I mean, this is a guy who fits Fangio's system like a glove. I, I At the next level, he'd be an instant day one starter. I think he would actually, maybe not day one, but he would take Todd Davis' starting spot. And next to Alexander Johnson, just a formidable, young, athletic duo. So ADG as a sleeper inside linebacker, that's my pick. TG jumping back in. $5 super. Thanks, Thank bro. Thank you, TG. Receivers are just not valued in the first round like in 2011. I love Ruggs, but he is the fourth best on my big board. Interesting. So who do you have? in? So we know you got Judy and, and Lamb. Who's the guy that you're placing ahead of Ruggs there? Is it Jefferson? I'd be curious to know. Um, Boise man jumping in with a dollar super chat. Thank that you. means everything to us. Every little bit means the world to us, my brother. Um, Boise man again. Heck yeah, been waiting for a Perna mashup. Yep, it's going to be fun. We'll get his thoughts on the draft and you know what he wants to see the Broncos do this year. It'll be fun. Have my wow. quote next to me. Wow, that's awesome. Christy jumping in from the top rope. Thank you. Not just from the top rope, from the Mount Rushmore, making her, her uh, presence known. That is unbelievable. Thank you, Christy. Yeah. Much love. And she's rocking the huddle up hoodie. I think it's the hoodie, maybe not a t-shirt. Appreciate you so much. That means the world to us. You're important to this community and you know it. And even though you jumped in late, I think I didn't see in this, in this uh, chat stream earlier, better late than never. It's good to see you. Dropping um, Von Miller money too, Chad. 50. That's right. Von Miller. The symbolism cannot be lost on us. David, again, appreciate you, my friend. Thank you. David. I really think that Bouye and Callahan are good Corner number two and three guys would really like to see Elway move up to get a CUDA to be a cornerback one. I think you can hope maybe Bouye could be a one. What I saw from him last year, I think the, those days are behind him. I'm I remain hopeful though that Fangio's scheme can bring that out of him as a as a fit. I don't disagree with his premise here. That's why I'm my per, my particular thing and probably why Zach and I differ a little bit. Cornerback to me is more of a need a higher priority need in round one and two. If the opportunity arises, the right guy is there. I agree. But getting up for Okuda, Zach, I mean, no, you're right. you're paying out the nose to get into the top five, which is what it's going to take probably to get Okuda. Plus, you, you're paying Boye. You gave Bryce Callahan $20 million, And when Devontae Bosby, Chad, is your number three cornerback, you're in pretty good shape. When Isaac Yadam is number four, you're in pretty good shape. I, I just don't think it's a dire need because they have their top three guys on the depth chart. If they didn't get Boye, if they didn't re-sign Bosby, one of those two moves, 
I would say I'm all for it. Go and get Okuda. Go try to move up for him. Get CJ Henderson at 15. But you have three solid guys on the depth chart. You can afford to meet. So wait till the a couple rounds after the first. Boise man is excited. Appreciate that super for yeah, uh, the Perna mashup. Yeah, that's going to be fun. Uh, let's see here, Junior. One more from Junior. Good job, bros. Wow. In my hundo question, the question was, or statement is, we need rugs. And Junior, for what it's worth, I will double check the analytics after this podcast. I'm not seeing it live. If I missed it, I will let you know. And uh, we'll, you know, either way, you should reach out to us at uh, milehighhuddle at gmail.com. Send you a little thank you for being so supportive. Yeah. Uh, but he said he wants rugs. Hey, man, to each their own. I want rugs too, as well as a few other players, you know, that would, it, I would like to see the Broncos end up with in this class. Henry Ruggs, no matter what. Henry Ruggs, no matter what. All right, let me see. Make sure I'm not missing anybody. I think I got everybody. Anyway, guys, thank you so much for joining us tonight. All the questions, all of the interaction. Brian wants to know how long are you guys are going to be live during the draft. Remains to be seen, but at least first round on Thursday night, we're going to fire up basically as the draft is starting be watching it live, reacting to it live right alongside you guys. And, uh, you know, Zach and I might pop on and off. There's going to be other podcast hosts on this thing with us. Zach and I might pop on and off to throw content up at the website, but then we'll be back on. So it'll be, I mean, it'll probably be a long freaking podcast. And you guys, of course, we hope and expect you to be there. Uh, it's going to be fun. Chase. I assume they meant they're going live with Perna sometime. Yeah, Wednesday night. He's going to be on the show Wednesday night, live podcast. So and look to that. Do we miss you, George? I don't, I don't think – I thought we got you. I don't no, know if no, we didn't see no, your Hold on. Chat. Let me double check. Let me double check, George. Never oh, want to miss him. Nope, he's right. He's right. I see it right there. Hold on one sec, George. Thanks for pointing it out, my brother. You are – we don't want to miss George. Speaking of a superstar, where to go? Hold on. I had it, and then it just reloaded. Bear with me one second. There it is. Okay, George. Sorry, brother. Let me grab this, put it on the screen. And right down here. Oops. Right here. Bear with us one sec, people. Can't leave George hanging out to dry. It's cutting off part of your question, so I'm going to have to read the second half. You'll, I mean, I'm going to read it anyway. But, uh, George, $10 super. Appreciate you, you my friend. Super, speaking of super chat superstars, <clears throat> does Pat Shermer coach from the sideline, or is he going to be in the booth like Skangs was? I prefer the coaches to be down on the field with the players. And then he says, what your take on this? Yeah, he's a sideline guy. Yeah. I don't know going back his entire career, but he learned under, you know, at the feet of Andy Reid. Andy Reid's a sideline guy. Pat Shermer's a sideline guy as well, Zach. I hate when they have coaches or coordinators in the booth chat. I mean, you have guys, you have spotters up there. You have to be down on the sidelines, seeing the action from your own vantage point, from your own eyes up close. You have to be around the players to tell them things, not just relay via telephone. I much prefer him being down on the sideline, and traditionally, that's where he usually is. Now, since I missed George, now I'm really starting to worry that I missed uh... – I missed that other one, but uh, this question coming from Andy. Thanks for answering my questions. How do I contribute? Listen, guys, we're never going to ask you to contribute. 
if you want to do it, you got to be on YouTube. That's the only option through Super Chat. And it's pretty simple. You log it, make sure you subscribe to Mile High Huddle on YouTube. And then in the comment stream when we're live, just like you're watching it live on Facebook, on uh, that side on YouTube, there's an option for you to uh, to Super Chat if you want. But guys, that's got to do it for today's episode of the Huddle Up podcast. We went about 13, 14 minutes long, but that's okay because Zach and I love each and every minute we're on here with you guys. In a perfect world, we'd hang out all day just talking football with you guys. But uh, that might end up in a divorce for Chad Jensen right now. So we, we got to pump the brakes. But make sure, guys, you are following the show on Twitter at HuddleUpPod. And while you're at it, make sure you follow Mile High Huddle to stay plugged into Broncos breaking news as it happens. And my partner here, as you can see, Zach Kelberman at Kelberman NFL, myself at Chad and Jensen. Stay tuned, guys, because Zach and I are off Friday. We're off Saturday, but we'll be back in the saddle Sunday night with a fresh podcast. Stay tuned for that. That next Sunday is going to be our War Room Roundtable doing a mock draft. So, you know, it's still a little ways out, but uh, we're looking forward to another great week of podcasting starting on Sunday. Buona Beast, great podcast. That's right, guys. One last thing you can do on the way out, like the video, where no matter where you're watching, YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, give us a like. And it's a it's a great organic way to support the show. We love you too. I am Supreme. Oh, thank 22. you. Appreciate that on your way out the door. Anyway, guys, Zach, have a great weekend, bro. You too, Chad. And thank you so much, everyone, for your contributions, for your interaction tonight, for your questions. It's why Chad and I always love these mailbag pods. It's our favorite night of the week on Thursday night to be able to talk with you guys. So big mile high salute to you, and uh, we'll see you Sunday. Undoubtedly. Mile high salute, especially to the Super Chat superstars, and a massive thank you to each and every one of you. Have a great weekend, Broncos country. Stay safe. Do what you can to keep yourself sane. Watch some mm-hmm. Super Bowl 50 on YouTube. Watch The Drive. Watch, I don't know if Super Bowl 48 is on there. Probably don't want to watch rewatch that one. But there are ways to stay uh, plugged in. Make sure you're checking milehighhuddle.com all day long for news and analysis. Eric's publishing multiple Finding Broncos each and every day. So check it out, milehighhuddle.com. For Zach, I'm Chad. We'll talk to you guys again Sunday night. You've been listening to the Huddle Up Podcast. Join Broncos Country's deep divers at milehighhuddle.com to keep the conversation going. Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or a girl. Not anymore. The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies. Joe Biden and his left-wing allies pushed boys to take estrogen to appear more feminine. They pushed girls to take testosterone so they grow facial hair. Biden and progressive leaders promote puberty blockers to keep kids from developing to normal men and women. These drugs can leave you sterile, infertile, impotent. Joe Biden and the new left even promotes surgery on teens and young adults, removing breasts and genitals. They want boys in our daughters' bathrooms and sports teams. And now, the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal. Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or a girl. Not anymore. The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children, changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies. 
Joe Biden and his left-wing allies push boys to take estrogen to appear more feminine, they push girls to take testosterone so they grow facial hair. Biden and progressive leaders promote puberty blockers to keep kids from developing to normal men and women. These drugs can leave you sterile, infertile, impotent. Joe Biden and the new left even promote surgery on teens and young adults, removing breasts and genitals. They want boys in our daughters' bathrooms and sports teams. And now, the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal.